0: Hello 2
1: 2 Hello 2
0: 2 <laughs> industry industry industry, industry. <clears throat> industry. <Stock. laughs> industry. <Acting. laughs>
1: Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm your host Friendly Rich. Great to be back. I hope you're all doing well, and I'm really excited today. This is one of our first live tapings. A return visit to the podcast, uh, part two, if you will, with none other than the trumpeter and amazing musician and composer, the Jazz Master, again returning for round two. It's Nicole Rampersode. And before we begin, I want to thank all of the partnering organizations that kind of came together to initiate this, which was the Guelph Jazz Festival. Partnering with IC, the Institute, uh, the International Institute for Critical Studies in Improv uh, at the University of Guelph, led by another person we've had on the podcast. The director of the Institute is Dr. Ajay Heble. So go back and listen to that. Thanks again to Scott Thompson and, and Karen Ng from the Guelph Jazz Festival. Two, uh, also two other former guests on this podcast. So this podcast pairs well with several other friends Um, And, uh, you know, we did it at Silence, uh, a venue that's dear to all of our hearts. I'm going to be performing there with the Jane Doe's, Friendly Rich and the Jane Doe's, trying out something different uh, later this month. If you're listening live in October of 2022, check out FriendlyRich.com for all of my upcoming live dates, doing a residency at the Walper Hotel in Kitchener as well. And that's begun thanks to the folks at Numis. Um, but yeah, this, this episode is awesome. It's engineered by Bri Webb, the great Bri Webb. And thanks to all of our friends at CFRU for supporting this. Um, we get into all kinds of fun stuff. We talk about whales and Nicole's amazing project, uh, out East. And she tells us a great owl story. What else can I tell you? She's got perfect pitch. Who knew? Nicole Rampersoad. We share that. Um, Anyhow, it's a beautiful talk about community, um, her incredible artistic practice, and so much more. I was blown away by that. I almost wish that we were able to do that interview after having seen what she did at the at the city mission the day later. Such an incredible performance uh, with effects and great treatment. I, I just uh, it, I, I was really intrigued by all the, but uh, by her work and her practice with these effects pedals. An amazing an amazing festival overall congrats to Scott and Karen the Guelph Jazz Festival still I'm still digesting almost a month later that we've done this interview I'm still digesting all the great music that was presented so here it comes now episode 155 of industry tactics very proud to present Nicole Rampersode enjoy <laughs> should begin welcome to industry tactics my name is friendly rich and i'm delighted we never do this only with ronaldo and the loaf did i have another artist come back wow for round two let's play the table shall we because bryce got this yeah you can really anyway we we only have a limited time here a half hour or so nicole rampersode welcome Let's give a jazz snap, shall we? It is the Guelph Jazz Festival, and we are here at Silence, a space dear to our hearts, hard to find, dear to our hearts, and um, in a city dear to our hearts, I think. Fair to say, yes?
2: Yeah, very fair to say.
1: Welcome back, Nicole. Thank you. And we've already caught up in advance, so we'll be reenacting our catch-up now, performatively in front of you all. Um, thank you. The first live industry tactics really the in first, front of people, yes. The first one. This wow. is it, here at, at Silence. So I'm delighted um, and excited to, to speak with you. Episode 62, so I've pretty much like 100 episodes later catching up with you we did this and it went live september 10th 2018 and um i just listened to it fresh on my way here and um it was nice it was nice to hear you were just on the precipice of leaving the gta to go to new to go at that time to 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 the east coast in new brunswick and then the pandemic in the middle of all that, how have you been as a human first and then as an artist second or the, or vice versa?
2: (laughs) All all in one. Um, I've been, I've been well. Yeah. You've been well. Yeah. It's uh, I've been really enjoying the East coast, like just having space and um, yeah. And I guess artistically just what I've been up to has been really great too. You know, we were talking earlier about um, how a lot of what was driving the move was just a desire for change and to, yeah. to explore new things. And yeah. I feel really fortunate that I've been able to do that. Yeah.
1: And you said at that time that you wanted to make mental and physical space for your for your artistic expression for for yourself. Um, did you achieve that?
2: I, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been able to. Um, sort of dig into some parts of my practice that kind of got put on the back burner in some of my final years in in toronto not for bad reasons or anything just Mm -hmm. you know you get you get busy supporting you know other people as a collaborator and um of course always appreciate that and it's i'm just really fortunate to have the space to explore some things that i've been wanting to explore yeah
1: which was at that time you were thinking of doing a solo record. Yeah. And then the the pandemic hit. What timing to pull off a solo recording. So did you kind of hone in on that in the pandemic? Were you able to achieve that while you were in Southampton, New Brunswick, did I get it right?
2: You did. You nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Um I did. And it's interesting because I have tried or had tried over the years to um to make a solo recording. And um, it occurred to me that my approach to making a solo album um, was sort of almost trying to replicate what happens in a live setting, in a studio setting. And and I realized in the pandemic, it where you weren't playing live, um, that it was an opportunity to to think about it differently. So, you know, in a solo performance, I think about the space, my relation to a space and the people in that space. And mm-hmm. um, and so for the album, you know, on top of incorporating effects and things like that, um, it was interesting to think about the stereo space, mm-hmm. you know? and And so that's been really cool, you know, to explore that.
1: You talked about one of those early recordings that we played in episode 62 dear listeners go back and listen to that um editing like almost compiling you know, was a, a what part of your approach for making that record uh did you did you continue doing that in in this solo recording as well yeah, yeah. so okay.
2: um a lot of the compositions take the stereo space into consideration so how do you create movement um Sort of that same type of movement that you would experience in in a live setting. How does that translate to a stereo space? And um, yeah, what are what are some ways that you can use the idea of a studio as an instrument, but really as go. as a vessel for expression?
1: Yeah. And you 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 recorded this on your own in in New Brunswick. That's right. In a barn.
2: Um. I mean, I don't know if it's really apparent, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, Paint a picture
1: for our listeners of what the room looked like.
2: Um, so, it's, uh, we live right on, my partner and I, we live right on the St. John River. And if I look out a window, I'm looking right out at the, the river. And it's quite beautiful. It was the winter when I recorded. Um, and there's a lot of wood inside. Yes. It's like a cabin. Yeah.
1: Following the pattern of episode 62, this is an excerpt from the new recording yet to be released is that right
2: that's correct
1: we're picturing the saint john river here it comes now uh following that pattern is going to be track one which you won't even know what the first track is yet will you or do you i do yeah nicole knows do you know the title of it i do here it comes now
2: a tourist in my youth
1: So that was A Tourist in My Youth um, coming out. When do you think that'll come out, Nicole? That was fantastic.
2: Early next year.
1: What a bullshitter I am. (laughs) Usually I do that on my own, right? Um, And and so tell us a little bit about that track. And and when it it comes out next, early 2023 for for those uh, keeping score.
2: Yeah. Keeping count. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Your first solo record.
2: My first solo record. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you yeah um, so thematically, for this album i um, uh, I like words in different languages that don't have a direct translation to English, and uh, for this particular sort of theme, it's a Portuguese word called saudade um, and it the closest translation to English is nostalgia, but it's not um, it's not quite that, um, and so it's this idea of exploring sort of your past and um you know nostalgia sometimes has like a positive connotation but so doesn't always it's okay. just uh, yeah okay. um and um and so i sort of viewed this whole process of the album as sort of a full circle right um uh-huh. um yeah a full circle and then an opening into other things yeah.
1: yeah and that's we talked a little bit about that that's in a way what i think you were looking to achieve by moving to this new place yeah
2: yeah
3: yeah
1: awesome awesome um so you're here now what what is the city of guelph the guelph jazz festival silence if we get right into where we're at honing in on where we're at this this special venue what does it all mean to you
2: I just I, the word community always comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um festivals are always just a wonderful way to celebrate community and I think of silence as, you know, a good representation of that. Um, you know, I've I've had the the pleasure of performing here a number of times over the years and just um supporting people and supporting artistic expression and um yeah, I just you know a huge congrats to Scott and Karen for programming it's such a wonderful lineup like just yeah yeah yeah
1: have you performed before with Sarah Paget who you're on the tomorrow going to be performing with have you wow oh take two <laughs> it's honestly it's all these birds take that, take that it's part all out. these birds staring at me it's really <laughs> messing me up um the paintings on the oh, wall are, notice that. are are oh, wow. really getting to me yeah it could it's be the like Kombuka. They're,
2: they're, they're looking into your soul. They are.
1: That owl has That me. owl, yeah. He has my number. Uh, are, have you I performed have an owl before? Story, yeah, You do have an owl story? Yeah, yeah. Let's start with that, and then we'll, we'll go into okay. Sarah Paget and so,
2: see. Um, so where we live, we're pretty remote. I think I see more wildlife than I do people. Um, Great. Yeah. Um, and one night, you know, I was getting ready for bed. We were in bed. I was reading. Mm-hmm. And we hear, it's in the winter, and we hear this, like, screaming sound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're like, what the, what the heck is that, you know? Yeah. And it was right outside, you know, our window. And, you know, the river had frozen over at that okay. point. Okay, wow. And so we thought it was maybe like an injured fox or something. Yeah. And uh, we looked outside. We couldn't really see anything, but it was dark. Yeah. And it was louder. It was getting louder. Like, and it's like it sounded like like something from a horror film. Like, that's okay. okay? And uh, and so Evan, my partner, and I yeah. were like, "Are we gonna have to like get dressed and go rescue a fox on the river? Like, wow. is it injured?" Wow. And uh, so we do. Like, we start to get dressed and we go out and we see an owl go by, screeching. Like, it, owls make the most amazing yeah. sounds. Yeah. yeah, it was a barred owl.
1: It was a barred owl. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um. They don't have those here. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it a barn owl that they don't have here?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure.
1: I don't know the difference between bard and barn.
2: The the sound. Okay. It is scary.
1: Okay. Okay. It is, yeah, yeah. 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 Now the barn owl will have a little fingernail coming out of his...
2: That's right. Yeah? yeah That's yeah. not
1: that. A little I fingernail. Don't, I don't think so. Okay.
2: Owl legs, though, are intense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Alright, yeah. all right. Anyway, all right. Sorry. I'm gonna just stare at you now and not the wall. Okay. Have you performed before with Sarah Paget, or will this be a first?
2: This will be a first. Whew. Yeah.
1: What what did you call it earlier? Uh ad hoc performances. Uh-huh. How, how will it go?
2: Well I, well, we're a double bill, so Sarah's gonna do a solo performance. And then then I will do a solo performance. And and then we'll see what happens. Something will happen.
1: Will you possibly play together, though?
2: I'm not sure. We haven't talked about it. But oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: okay. But maybe. Okay. You
2: know? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Okay. She's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's cut now to some music. This is made in the pandemic. Uh-huh. You would have traveled back to the greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. To work with eucalyptus uh what was that like
2: um at the time, it was really yeah. strange because yeah. it, it was my first time traveling you know in you know in the midst of the pandemic, and so there was anxiety attached to that um but once I was there, it was you know you just i yeah. hadn't seen those guys in a couple of years at that right. point, and right. it just felt like we picked up where we left off. It was really. Wonderful, but also like as an outsider looking in, a little little strange too. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that would have been a, a, a year plus of not doing any of that. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess,
2: yeah, yeah. Re- like being in the same yeah. space, recording yeah. in the same space. I had done some residencies, you know, in in the Maritimes, okay. Um, okay. up to that, but but with that group, you know, and I've been part of that group for so long, yeah. and yeah, um, yeah, that there's must all have
1: felt nice, eh?
2: It was yeah. really life-affirming yes yes yeah
1: okay yeah. I, I, I never do this but we're going to play it how long is that tune because that's going to really eat into our, our, our ability to talk with each other yeah we'll just do like a, a 30 seconds mm-hmm. here it comes mm-hmm. now an excerpt from their record Moves this is Eucalyptus featuring Nicole Rampersode Now I don't have to bullshit. That was fantastic. Now, what what, <laughs> what time signature is that in? I'm having a hard time following that.
2: Do you uh, have perfect pitch? Do I have perfect pitch? Yeah. I do, yeah. You do? Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Let's, bu- everyone buckle up. <laughs> so do I.
2: Uh-huh. You sing it first,
1: G-sharp.
2: No. Nee. Yes.
1: So we both have perfect pitch. Yeah. This is fantastic. So we could do this for another 10 minutes if you wanted to.
2: Let's do it. We we don't. (laughs) When did
1: you discover having perfect pitch?
2: Um, It was in high school. And um, uh, uh, another uh, who's still a dear friend of mine, a trumpet player, Mm -hmm. um, was trying to teach himself perfect pitch. And so uh, it was before a band practice, and uh, he had another person in the band like just play notes on the piano. Okay. And he was trying to guess it.
1: Oh, fantastic! And then
2: I start, and I, I was like, Oh, that note. Oh, and shit. He, that's like, how you he found kind, out. Okay, And he wow. kind of did like a rubberneck, and I was like,
1: He's so jealous at that and point. He's, he's like, What? To teach
2: and I was like oh that's a thing you know i I didn't realize you know because i i didn't take music lessons or anything like my only sort of lessons was in like band practice right yeah yeah so i i had no idea that that was a thing that was
1: did you feel real special did you like when you discovered that
2: i was just sort of uh i was like whoa okay yeah i guess you know
1: it uh, helps you in your navigations though in your musical journey i imagine
2: it can. It can yeah. also, you know, be a detractor, too. Right. You know, where you right. get.
1: I see lots of people with perfect pitch going, bing, yeah. trying to, like, hone in on their, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I love it. I love seeing them struggle.
2: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't. It's just a thing. Like, it's no different than, you know, being able to say that's red behind there.
1: Oh, come on.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: Um, I won't get into the fact that my ass has perfect pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe later, if there's time. We want to make the most of our time here. Um what was that track? What 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 time signature was that in, and what was the name of that track?
2: Uh, that track was Infinity Bananas,
1: and that is track number one. One, see what the theme. We're only doing track number one with Nicole, even in the first episode, episode sixty-two. That you should go back and listen to. We did. Track we always one. did track ones, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but but what time that? Uh, who is that? Nick Fraser? That's, no, no, that, that's, that's that's Nick
2: Fraser. Uh, Evan Cartwright uh, and Blake Howard um, and uh, I don't know what time signature that's in okay thank I, you I just think of body time like yeah. I'm always just trying to
1: the three of them it's, it's, it's beyond a time signature yeah. if you put them together yeah it's, what a band eh
2: oh it's amazing band yeah. are
1: those are those the compositions of Brody West
2: they are okay Yeah. yeah.
1: you called him a magician in, uh, in, in in episode 62 go back and listen to the recent interview with Brody West on industry tactics, indeed, a, a, a magician. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I asked him. I tried to get into how do you write this music? It, it's beyond. I don't think he. It's really hard to understand.
2: Yeah, but he makes it accessible somehow. Okay. okay. Um, you know, for the recording session. Go ahead. It was the first time I played all of those charts and um and i mean a it's an amazing band so that always makes it yeah. easier yeah uh, and we're all great listeners um
1: so what studio did you record that in
2: um canterbury so
1: yeah. you re- uh, uh, uh yeah. which you have history at yes so you show up at canterbury he puts the chart on on the and, and you're comfortable in that that situation
2: oh no i'm freaking out oh, you yeah, know okay, but good,
1: good. Yeah. i'm freaking out too um
2: uh, yeah but, but
1: it's all that education that we learned of in episode 62 the yeah. u of t the new england conservatory you feel ready
2: ready i mean yeah I, there's always i don't know my mantra in all those situations that uh-huh. you, you have what you have that's what you have there in you, that go. Moment. There you and, go and 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 you just have to trust that that yeah. that will get you through yeah
1: trust is a good word there with with people that you go back with as well and yeah. that must have been a good feeling, A, to just be together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why didn't he think of emailing you the charts in advance, though? Was that part of his his tactic? Is it oh, totally. Ret- I yeah, mean, okay. I
2: think he probably did send them. Um, actually, he did. And some recordings. Um, okay, okay, but So it was a good... I had some reference, but as far as playing them with the group, it was my first time. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, clean charts? Were they clean? They're fine, like, clean, like like easy to get uh, comprehend and a- output from
2: yeah i think I- so is
1: that the point of the chart for you uh
2: yeah i'd see a chart um or any sort of written notation as like a a dialogue you know between the composer and yes. and the performer you know and i think yeah. however you choose to represent it whether it's so-called traditional notation, graphic notation, yep. text scores. Yeah, um, I think it's all about trying to find each other. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: A jazz master. We are here uh, again with Nicole Rampersode, and I'm honored. Um, two things I want to touch on before. Oh, come on! Before I eat the fly that's on my cup.
2: <gasps> oh, you seeing
1: that? Boo! No good. No. Get out of here. Get out!
2: Of- oh, oh, go away.
1: Uh-oh. You're doing. You're giving me. A, okay. Um hey, nice. Uh, I want to yeah. talk about. Come closer. <laughs> this is gonna come in my mouth now. Watch this. This is live. This is we are we are live on industry tactics. We are eating flies. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going. F- oh. oh. Okay. Um, I want to talk about whale music. Uh-huh. And what happened there?
2: Um, so, Nocturne is um, it was originally um, an all night art festival, so overnight, kind of like Nuit Blanche, mm-hmm. and I think even the Guelph Jazz Festival for a yes. couple years um, did that um, um, for a few years. Um, yes, please. And so, for the pandemic, of course, they had to sort of do away with that format of mm-hmm. you know like an overnight in person. Art event, and they instead did a week long um, festival, all virtual mm. with some limited sort of in person installations
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, so lindsay Dobbin, uh they are an amazing um, multidisciplinary artist, mm-hmm. uh, percussionist um, composer um, they reached out to me uh, sent me a message, and just a one line. Mm hey, Nicole, do you like whales? And I, I responded within two minutes. Like, Where
1: have you been all my life? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
2: yeah. like, whales bring me so much joy. I cry every time I'm in the presence of them. You know, wow. I, yes. I, I go whale watching, you know, uh-huh. every year since moving, you know, to New Brunswick okay. down in the Bay of Fundy. And wow. yeah. so I was like, all that to say, yes, I love whales. And uh, <laughs> um, so uh, they... You know, involved myself and a few other composers um, across uh, Canada um, to take part in a workshop um, that uh, Katie Payne and Daniela Gisen, um yes, yes. Um, uh, around whale song um, oh, and how wow. like how there there is compositions there and okay, okay. Um, and so that was. That was really neat. So it was a virtual sort of workshop that we all did together, and we did some exercises together, yeah. you know, over Zoom. And um, they provided us, you know, some additional resources and things to listen to, and and we all composed pieces in response to that. Yeah.
1: Don't you love how sometimes these kind of rich projects just f- come to you? Yeah. Uh, how how did that happen? Like, had you worked with? Is was it Lindsay? Did you say? Yeah, had you worked with Lindsay before? Or
2: had never worked with Lindsay before? Okay. Our paths crossed at um, the Every Seeker uh, Festival. It was okay. formerly known as Obey, Obey Convention. Okay, and they were okay. playing okay. in wow. uh, with a poet, um, and we were on a double bill together, ah. and uh, and then we kept in touch. You know, after after that,
1: I always, you know, I, I kind of nerd out over this throughout the this podcast in, in uh in in just how well music kind of like you don't tomorrow you'll evidently I didn't do my homework, you'll perform adjacent to Sarah Page, not right, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what will that bring? You don't know. Something don't
2: know. something. Something will always happen. Um I do have some pieces I've been uh working on for Here we for go. tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm okay yeah
1: but just that idea that like I I think the arts do this well Um, maybe other 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 vocations do it too but I don't don't know if in plumbing one incredible experience leads to another just probably leads to more plumbing pipe work yeah 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 which we need but you know I don't music does that so well right like you could trace and all of a sudden you're composing with whales
2: yeah yeah
1: was that a was that a memorable one for you that project
2: oh absolutely and uh it was really neat how they presented it too, so um of course they made the pieces available throughout like virtually you know yeah. um on their site, but they premiered each piece with a live feed um oh, from wow. a hydrophone um off oh, sick. yeah off of the coast of Halifax, and so you would hear whale song kind of interspersed so the
1: whales got to uh, yeah. Jam too.
2: Yeah. We had a nice. And
1: experience it as well. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Can we cut to some of that? Do you have any audio of the whale music that you. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here it comes now. What is the name of the piece?
2: It's a camus, which is, again, go back to to my like of words in other languages that don't have a direct English. This is sense. whale
1: tongue for what?
2: Uh, uh, polar Night.
1: Thank you. Yeah. As selection number one, of course. Always. That was Gamus.
0: Yeah. Did I get it. Yeah, you got it. Uh,
1: Nicole, wow, what a joy. Um, uh, in the pandemic, you also, I just want to touch on this if we have time. You did a thing uh, with Parmela Atariwala, episode, look it up on industry <laughs> tactics. I don't have, you know, <laughs> forgive me. Um, Parmela and Jermaine uh, Liu, you did a thing called?
2: Understory.
1: And, and what was that? That was, uh, that was really, tr- that would not have happened were it not for this, uh, silly situation we were put in as humans. Yeah. The pandemic.
2: Definitely kickstarted it for okay. sure. Okay. Um, and so, um, early on in the pandemic, uh, a lot of the work that the three of us had lined up, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of live performances mm-hmm. got adapted to a remote space. What would that translate to? Um, and uh, it occurred to to us that is there a possibility to expand that and um, connect the various communities that we've you know are connected with uh, right. you know across Canada um, and so uh, we essentially curated seven. Uh, episodes i guess mm-hmm. um containing two trios each so about 42 musicians total um across canada many of whom in, in the case of the trios had never worked together before wow. and um we supported each trio with co-creating or co-authoring three pieces together yeah. oh my
1: god yeah. um what stood out for you to you what stood out in, in that collaborate in those collaborations
2: um that it was an opportunity uh, to dig into the process, right, and to sit in the process. Like, if I think of what the equivalent of uh, what would transpire, let's say, in a live setting, you'd have ad hoc groups, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you play and it's great. There isn't really time or an opportunity after that to really... Not so much discuss, but to sort of sit in the process. What is it like to really work together, right? right, um, right, right. And and because of how it was structured, um, you know, each trio essentially worked together over the course of four to six weeks to create oh, wow. three okay. pieces, and okay. and it was just a way to explore what what does a process mean? What does this idea of equal agency mean right mm-hmm. um and and then you know you add a video component into the p- into the mix too and like how do you what does that mean what, what uh, you mm-hmm. know um uh you know having a visual you know aspect support you know what's happening audio wise. so the yeah. the,
1: vi- the video was not specifically just you performing it was other stuff too right? yeah,
2: yeah and okay. so we opened up the option you know ah. folks could you know film themselves while okay. they were playing or okay. provide other footage and you know we had yeah. you know a video editor put it together okay. yeah, yeah yeah so
1: curated by the three of you this power trio Mm -hmm. will that continue will that evolve
2: it's definitely gonna yeah it's definitely gonna evolve you know i think the three of us right now it was it was a lot of work and i think that was probably the other thing that stood out to us was just how much work went oh my god yeah yeah it's a
1: spread out festival basically i mean it i like the episode idea i like that Mm um uh yeah and now we're declaring it here you heard it here first on industry tactics now that the pandemic has ended um will you i don't know what did you how will you carry for, i didn't even have another question yeah i just wanted to make that statement yeah um but but with understory um i i, I just where do you think it will go uh, not like will it go back to i saw guelph jazz festival doing some incredibly innovative things that probably wouldn't have happened were it not for the the mess that we were in and you as well with this project mm-hmm. coming out of it now, what, like, what did you learn and what, how will you evolve it moving forward?
2: I think for me, uh, because of the timing of it and the fact that the pandemic did sort of spark this, there's maybe a perception that, you know, maybe we were trying to offer a placeholder, you mm-hmm. know, for a live situation. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we never really set out to do that. It was just, we want to do something different, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the the values are the things that, are, that we hold near and dear to us about understory, which is connecting people, mm-hmm. you know, across. That may
1: not have connected otherwise. Yeah, that's really we definitely want,
2: okay. we want to think about that. And cool. I think the other thing too is, all that you see from an audience perspective is the output and and i think it'd be really neat to give a glimpse into what does it mean to sit in a process together as a as a group a newly formed group so wow um i admire it yeah Yeah. these are the things that we're we're thinking about yeah
1: three incredible brains coming together on that one and and such great um i'm so thankful for it we were talking earlier about the special snowflake kind of concept of like how only the three of you as that power trio would have come together to make such a beautiful thing, and how I love and obsess over the special snowflake that that's really only you could do that, but how I also resent it that we're all meaningless in the end, you know, do you want to touch on that? maybe the latter part let's let's go dark,
2: yeah, let's turn the lights down for yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: No, but it is—it yeah. is, it is fascinating that that the three of you came together and made that work. And now I—I'm so excited to see where it goes. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Me too. Because um, I think there's there's definitely a space for it. And um, yeah, I I know what you mean about that special snowflake, but that we're all irrelevant. You know? Uh, but
1: it can almost only exist now. Like, yeah. I mean, how do you pull together something like that? You were really maximizing the 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 situation that we were in. Yeah. I mean, Parmela being in BC, Jermaine being, I guess... In Toronto. In Toronto, and you yeah. being in New Brunswick. Yeah. And everyone else around the country.
0: Yeah.
1: That thing could have only happened in the way that it did, in a way, right? Yeah.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. Um, are, you rem- are you all... We're opening it up now to the floor. It's been a perfect, might I say, 35 minutes here. Um. Are you as impressed by not only does Nicole have perfect pitch <laughs> I remarked on this in episode sixty two how comfortable Nicole is in her own skin, yeah? You're just you're here but what about the timing? She's letting me rant on about a fly on my cop, Ajay. <laughs>
2: Listen, you, you have to go with it.
1: I'm born at an Italian dinner table where the cutoff is a thing, right? Uh-huh. Not Nicole Rampersode. Yeah. Listen to us. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Industry Tactics Podcast Network, no editing was done.
2: Zero. <laughs> yeah. Nicole's
1: just there. We're back and forth, yeah. right? Yeah. This is what we call chemistry in the industry. Uh, Thank you, Nicole. I love you. I appreciate you. I I admire your work. I'm so excited that you're here in Guelph doing your thing.
2: It's an honor to be here. Yeah. Right back at you, Rich.
1: So, thanks. Uh, We're going to cue up a final tune of yours to hear, but before we do, let's open it up to to the floor of this wonderful audience live here in Guelph. Go for it. Question number one.
2: You have to... Come all the way back here So that you're on the recording Yes uh, But uh, you touched a little bit on your role As a like a, an accompanist A supporting instrument Or musician and, and then with this new
3: solo album I just want to um, I'm curious about That transition And where you Where you hone your attention For those
2: different jobs And if you could talk a little bit about that I think at its simplest, it's just all about listening, and I know that's, um, yeah. I just I always think of the word listening and the idea of of listening. So, I mean, solo practice or performance at its core is either sound or no sound, right? And then then you can dig into okay, well, what is sound? You know, what what are you, you know, considering as sound? And um, I think that translates, you know, in a collaborative, you know, way too. And it's interesting, like I don't. While I'm technically, you know, if I'm in a live performance, I'm the only person on stage and therefore a soloist, I never view it as that. I always view it as a a collective experience, you know, between the audience and the space, whatever the space offers. And um, in, in the case of the album... I've been uh, fortunate to work with a a few wonderful people that have guided me, you know, so Sandro Perry um, is producing the album and uh, has been a great mentor, you know, um, for using the studio as, as a vessel, and um, I've also had some really great conversations with Hugh Marsh um, around effects and how to, you know, treat it as an expansion of, of a sound palette, right? Um, Hugh Marsh
1: a- would be episode number 132 on Industry Tactics. Oh, sort to interrupt.
2: 132, okay. And uh, we are
1: live, by the way, on oh. uh, Instagram Live now as well, <laughs> at Friendly Rich.
2: Yeah. That's it's fantastic. one of the few times I can say hi and wave. Right, Nicole um,
1: Rampersode We're doing live industry tactics here in <laughs> Guelph. Fantastic. An- um, another question from our
2: friends. Yeah. Hi. Uh, three of the four uh, artists who have been interviewed in these sessions have relocated to remote locations.
3: Eric touched on this yesterday. Art music is typically created and performed downtown. Um, I'm curious, Nicole, if you have any further thoughts on how locale affects your thinking and your practice. <sighs>
2: Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, So another one of my lofty goals in relocating, you know, to a rural area, um, was to expand this idea of community, like I think you get so tied to a location, um, um, that, uh, you know, it, it becomes sort of this singular thing, right? Like my community is around where I live. And um, it's been really interesting to explore, well, what can that mean, you know, when I'm in a space where I see more deer than people, right? Um, yes. Uh, right? Um, and so I think on a personal level, having sort of that time and space to immerse myself in my practice and how that might inform how i collaborate with others has been really rewarding um and yeah i guess that's that's what i will say do, about do you that. get yeah. squirrely do i get squirrely um no I, and i think it's because i i still maintain connections yeah. with folks yeah. right and i'm still collaborating um in in different ways neat. so that's pretty neat and yeah
1: Another question, a third question here from the audience. This is fantastic.
3: Following along what you were just talking about, and I worry that I missed it when you were speaking about it, but uh, were the whales privy to your sound? Uh,
2: I don't know if they would have been, um, only because, so in terms of that installation, it was on the Halifax harbor front, so they had a PA system set up so that folks that were walking by could hear the pieces and then a mix of the hydrophone but i think the hydrophone was set up on a boat quite far out from the shore and so i don't know that the whales would have been privy um to that yeah
1: you don't want to ever make music again with humans though after you jam with whales
3: (laughs) scott thompson Uh, I have a question as a fellow brass player, uh, both about the pandemic and about geography and about the motivations to practice. I know a lot of brass players had a hard time. I mean, unlike a lot of instruments, we have to practice all the time since without the vibration of our lips, there's not much sound, like a a piano or a, a guitar and other instruments. And the pandemic, I spoke with a lot lot of brass players who had a hard time keeping up their practicing. But it also sounds like you, even before the pandemic, had chosen to go to New Brunswick in order to have space to do your work. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm curious to know, um, well, one motivation some brass players have to practice is an upcoming gig. and. So I'm, I guess my it's a general question about your experience and your motivation to keep in shape as a brass player before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and in these days now.
2: Yeah. Um, I always view practicing as a brass player as this constant battle to not get worse, you know? And so that in and of itself is like enough motivation. It's like, I can't get worse. I can't get worse, you know? Um, um so, that's always an ongoing, you know, uh, motivator for me. I definitely get the motivation, like, that's driven by performances. I, I've been, you know, in in that space. Um, so, you know, before the pandemic, definitely that element of don't get worse. Um, mm. But also to practice some things that I never really had a chance to practice that I'd been meaning to, you know, Um things like uh Girl. you know the Bach cello suites you know for you for brass it. yeah i don't know if i did it really well it's just to keep that in the woodshed but um that um makes two of us, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but then during the pandemic um you know i was fortunate to get some grants for the solo album and okay. um you know i used that as an opportunity to explore effects um and so that sort of Drove me because it was, um, it was a new a new world, you know. And um, how can how can effects serve as a an expansion of a palette, right? Um, um, so that sort of was a, a driver. Um, and then you know you kind of get into a space once you're in it, you know, long enough where um, you have this healthy balance of. N- <laughs> Try not to get worse, um, but then sort of dig into like these little things you know, um you know whether it's how you enter or leave a note, like if you really want to get mm. in in the weeds you know mm. and, and different ways that you can do that so um, so yeah, it was I think for a lot of people like myself, i i also I say all these things, but I also struggled at times too, yeah, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm.
1: You spoke a lot about practice in episode 62, and, and the thing was like your focus, right? Like just taking on a couple of things mm-hmm. with each. Did that, like, I, I, I wonder if if that carried through a little bit, and then did the effects thing blow up for you? Like you were just on the, I think you were, you, yeah. you were you're starting to really get into that. Uh, Alison Cameron had, loaned, had gifted you that amp, and yeah, yeah. Uh, did you really go down that wormhole of effects?
2: Well, this is why I, uh, I wanted to, you know, seek advice from people like Hugh Marsh and, and okay. Joseph Shabison because oh, yeah, nice. I knew it was like, Okay, if I'm gonna do this where do I start, first yeah. of all? Um, so that it doesn't become this I'm you know, I've got a shopping cart open with like ten different pedals, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. oh that's good, you know. Um um and you know, Hugh gave me some really great advice um okay. of how to how to start. And so um and, and he said, you know, it's it's based on, you know, what you want to get out of it and
1: had you yeah. known Hugh prior?
2: Yeah, through Joseph. Yeah
1: love it the connectivity of us all Mm. others Nicole what will we play this has been a joy I didn't think I could do uh, of course we could do a third episode you and I we just have it we got it what should we uh, what should we go out with here
2: um so Marilyn Lerner and I, we have a, a long-standing duo called Brass Knuckle Sandwich. Uh, yes, we put out an album last year. Okay, um, and maybe we can go out with um, Evermore. It's not the first track. See, Let, I'm breaking the rule. We're breaking
1: the mold. See you later, everybody. This is Evermore. Um, what a joy subscribe to industry tactics do the right thing Nicole where can people learn more about your work what's Uh, the best place
2: uh, my website is the best place which is NicoleRampersod.com okay yeah goodbye goodbye (laughs) we did it we did it
1: (laughs) let's do let's do what Anthony Braxton did the other night
0: yes (laughs)
1: Such beautiful music to go out on. That was Brass Knuckle Sandwich, uh, Nicole Rampersode joined by Marilyn Lerner on the piano, and that, that was released last year. Go check that out on Bandcamp. That was Evermore. Uh, thanks again, Nicole. What a treat and so great to have the support of so many people. Uh, Guelph Jazz Festival, again, thanks for, uh, for initiating this live taping of uh of round two with nicole rampersode as i mentioned i could i could do that again and again maybe we'll have a sideshow nicole and i here who knows what's 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 in development thanks again for supporting industry tactics my name is friendly rich go to friendlyrich.com to learn more not only about the podcast but there's books up there there's music there's videos and please
0: be in touch uh would love to hear from you okay see you again soon